Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. The following program was previously broadcast. We're in the center of the country for a few interviews uh, today uh, here in Bloomington, Indiana, the site of Indiana University. And uh, we've been uh, part of a conference here uh, at the Clear Note uh, Church. And uh, some of the guests have also been uh, active in this church. Uh, My guest uh, for this broadcast is a a senior lecturer in the chemistry department at Indiana University, Ben Burlingham. And uh, we're happy to have uh, you join us, Ben, at our microphones today. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, now you're a professor, uh, senior lecturer of chemistry. Tell us a little bit about a job description and how you ended up here at Indiana University. Yeah. So I was a graduate student here at IU uh, from 1997 to 2002. Uh, I had always wanted to minister through uh, being a professor. I knew how important it was to have professors who would actually profess Christ Mm -hmm. uh, to their students. And I always pictured myself at a small school. I went to the University of Mount Union for nine years, where I was professor and associate professor there, uh, being able to uh, be in the chemistry department at a smaller school, getting to know students well. But I uh, felt a call from God to come back here to Bloomington, uh, where I took a position as a senior lecturer so that I could focus on the teaching aspect as a, in a big research university like this, of course. We have research professors. But the chemistry department does have a teaching faculty. And so my my duties are primarily teaching uh, in organic chemistry and biochemistry. Okay, and so uh, you interact a lot with students then. How many students would you have in a particular uh, semester? Uh, Yeah, my average semester, uh, it really depends on the class, but it would be anywhere from uh, 100 students to 700 students in one semester. Uh, My typical is 250 to 300. Right, okay. So uh, a lot of student uh, interaction, and uh, you said you had a a burden. were you a, a, a Christian, raised in a Christian home? How did you come to faith in Christ initially? Yeah, yeah. God bless me uh, with uh, choosing to put me in a Christian home. Uh, I grew up going to church, uh, hearing a, a, a good message of the gospel. Uh, I knew from an early age my need as a sinner for a savior. And so I was uh, blessed to be uh, encouraged that way through my parents. And I uh, ended up through high school and college working at uh, interdenominational Christian youth camps. I served as a program director there. So I had uh, a lot of discipleship along the way. So by the time I was at Grove City College uh, for my bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. uh, at a Christian school, I really grew to admire the professors there and what they were able to do to encourage me and and help me. And so my, I I loved chemistry, but I didn't see myself primarily as a chemist. I always thought of myself as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be a chemist and a teacher, of course, is a great job being a professor. Okay. All right. And, uh, but you you feel like this is what God would have you do is to uh, be here to uh, not only teach chemistry, but also uh, be a witness for Christ uh, on the campus. Absolutely. I, I came back to Bloomington because I thought that I possibly might have a call to pastoral ministry. And so I came back here to a pastor's college uh, where I was trained for three years, uh, but also working as a, a professor on the side. Uh, and at the end of that time, I just did not feel a call to full-time pastoral ministry, but I was trained and, and more enthusiastic than ever for ministry on IU's campus you know, being at a, a you know a research secular research school have a chance to be a light in that place 
Great, great. And uh, so you have a lot of student interaction, and I understand also you uh, lead a Bible study for students. Tell us a little bit about that and how uh, the students are know that you're a Christian in the first place. Yeah, that's uh, been a great blessing to me, especially over the last two years. Uh, the way God works, sometimes there's a little ebb and flow, but over the past couple of years, uh, what I try to do at the beginning of my classes, especially with the biochemistry classes that I've been teaching recently, these are upper-level students, and I uh, tell them there a lot of them are pre-med or they have other interests, and I, I've helped with pre-med advising before. I tell them about myself. I tell them that I can help them with those those types of questions, advising, um, but that the center of my life is uh, being a follower of Christ. And so if they have questions about faith or faith and religion, we do foster care. So if they have questions about that, and I invite them to come and talk to me. And um, many, many of them come and tell me that this is really the first time they've ever had a professor take interest in them in any way, uh, but particularly uh, taking an interest in, in faith questions. A lot of them come from around Indiana where they grew up as Christians, but they don't know how to reconcile faith and science, and so they have questions for me. And uh, this group uh, of every year, well, every semester, I've added two or three more students who have come and have had uh, questions about faith and science, but just also about faith in general and want me to disciple them. So I've started a Bible study. Now I have about uh, 10 students who uh, are, it's a, it's a men's Bible study, uh, and we're, we go through different books of the Bible, and I'm able to encourage them. Mostly science majors, but not all science majors. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And how do they find out about the study? It's through your personal interactions with them. It's through personal, yeah. Most, for the most part, what happens is students in my class uh, come to me and, and just have personal questions. You know, how can, I be a, a, how can I be a follower of Christ? How can I be a Christian and a scientist? Are there, or they have particular problems of reconciling certain facts and they talk to me about those things. But in the course of it, I always make sure that I can witness to them in such a way that is going to have a real impact on their lives, as opposed to maybe the things they come are a little more surface level, but they're mm-hmm. really things underneath that they need addressed. Right. And through that, um, they, uh, they want to go out. They invite me to go out to eat with them, and I tell them about uh, a Bible study that we've had. We kind of had a nucleus of guys that really wanted discipled in that way. And so now they invite other friends. So I have a, a few guys who aren't science majors. Most of them, though, are from uh, previous classes where I've taught. Right. Okay. And you were in uh, this uh, seminar uh, just recently uh, with a couple of other scientists. Uh, what was it called, and uh, how did that uh, come about? Yeah, it was. it's called uh, Professing Christ in the Sciences. Our campus uh, minister, Alex McNeely, uh, sat down with me after talking to a few people. He sat down with me to talk about what it would be like to have some kind of a outreach to students who had questions, especially about faith and science or about how to uh, be encouraged, Christians, current Christian students who want to be encouraged in how to be faithful scientists. And uh, so we talked because his uh, father-in-law is a professor at the medical school in uh, Indianapolis. Right. Uh, he talked to me about what that would look like, the kinds of questions students have for me. And I told him the best thing that we could do probably would be to um, have something more of a panel discussion where we could talk about uh, just their, their basic questions that they always have are – I, I want to be faithful. I want to be a Christian, but I, I want to have a career in the sciences. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. that that's their broadest question. Right. How, how do I do that? Sure. And so that was the theme for what we had for this conference. And we had uh, 
probably about 150 students and, and, and community members who came. Uh, the three of us, uh, besides Alex's father-in-law, there was a, a biology professor at a small school in northern Indiana. Uh, he came down, and the three of us were able to uh, uh, witness to the students and just give them advice. There were probably 20% who, there who were atheists, and mm-hmm. so they had various questions from that perspective. And we were, But we primarily geared it toward uh, encouraging those who were um, – Believers, as opposed to having some sort of a debate. Right. Okay. And uh, I think a lot of people are unaware that there are Christian professors, first of all, but then uh, scientists who mm-hmm. believe the Bible is true. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you believe that uh, we're not an accident of evolution, but a product of of uh, God's creative power. And yeah. that a special, you know, our lives are special because we're made in His image and uh, important, and mm-hmm. uh, not just a uh, product of random chemical interactions. Uh, uh, is, is that uh, something that you're able to share with students, or did you share that in this uh, panel discussion? Yes, uh, that's a question that a lot of students, I would say the majority of the, the presenting issue that students have usually has to deal with evolution. Mm-hmm. It has to deal with, um, you know, I was raised as a Christian, and there's some of them are theistic evolutionists, but probably most of them were raised in churches who that uh, have uh, are their six-day young earth creationist mm-hmm. backgrounds. Right. And then they're presented with very conflicting ideas. Or it, even if they're theistic evolutionists, they're presented with atheistic ideas. And so they're, they're challenged to think, how do I reconcile these things? Do I need to reconcile them? Or how am I going to live my life? And um, in, in, as a, as a six-day creationist right. uh, myself, mm-hmm. uh, I'm able to talk to them. I usually like to focus on the philosophy of science and what science can and can't do. Um, the questions, uh, the, the real emphasis from those who are atheistic evolutionists is to use shame to say, basically, you know, anyone who believes this is an idiot. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've encountered that in, in my life. Uh, I think that's a good test of faith. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're called as, as, as faithful people. We're called right. to believe in what God has said as opposed to trying to reconcile with others in such a way that we can appear to be smart to them. Yeah. Because that's not ultimately how we're going to win anyone to Christ anyhow, right. by, by appealing to their intellect. Right. We have to appeal to their heart. Sure. And so Christianity is not ultimately how smart you are, whether you become a Christian or not, maybe how wise you are, but not how mm-hmm. smart, because there are, then all the smart people would be the Christians, and those who are not as intelligent would not be the Christians. But we find highly intelligent people who are Christians and mm-hmm. people who are not highly educated, mm-hmm. and they all understand that simple message, God loves you, and, and we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so you find no contradiction in being a person who believes the Bible and believe, being a scientist as well. No, not at all. I think that the the way that I try to approach my students is to challenge them to be humble. Uh, humility is uh, central to understanding because uh, those who uh, believe in evolution fundamentally, uh, Romans 1 tells us about what happens. After somebody fails to acknowledge God, they'll no longer be thankful to him, and then God will give them over to the worship of the creation rather than the creator. And there's no better description of what atheistic science, just not evolution per se, but atheistic science does. It 
it is a matter of saying fundamentally there is no God. Therefore, I I am God. I am able, and the, all the presuppositions that fall out of that, the feeling that science can somehow be objective in looking at creation and looking at a system, that the, the, the basis of that is that somehow I, as the scientist, am like God. I'm outside of the system. But that's not true. We're in the system. We're part of the system. Sure. We're, we cannot be objective in the ways that we look at things. We're very biased. We're all very biased. And we're not omniscient. We also pretend that we might not pretend we're omniscient, but we pretend that science is omniscient when science is not omniscient. There's so many ways to look at science. It's a good thing. I believe I'm not a skeptic. Right. Science is fantastic because it's a, it enables us to do things that we could not do otherwise. But that doesn't make it omniscient. Sure. Uh, particularly, we just can't we can't get an, around theories enough to be able to have a full understanding. And so we tend to fight over one fact or another, when in reality, if we can all be humble enough um, to be able to say things like, you know, I would, I would go toe-to-toe with an atheist and say, I don't know that I could really explain to you how all the animals fit on Noah's Ark, mm-hmm. but you need to admit that you don't really know how something non-living can become living. Right. Okay. Those are we. There are a lot of things that nobody understands. Sure. It's not about being smarter or dumber. It's just that right. we we have philosophies that underpin these things, and and they form what we think. We're thankful uh, to have as my guest today Ben Burlingham, a uh, senior lecturer in the chemistry department at Indiana University in Bloomington, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania, no, <laughs> Indiana. Forget which state I'm in sometimes, but uh, <laughs> here we are in Indiana and. In, uh, enjoying a conference here together. And uh, Ben, we appreciate you sharing about uh, how you're living out for for Christ uh, here at uh, Indiana University in Bloomington. And we thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much, Glenn. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.